Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast, Outcast Catholic. I'm your host, Father Travis Crotty. And I'm Father Shane Demon. And we are pleased to be with you this morning, this evening, this afternoon, whenever you might be tuning in to Outcast Catholic. Our bellies are full with some delicious Ivy chicken um, after a wonderful Project Andrew dinner. Sweet and well, sweet and chilly or sweet, sweet and spicy. Sweet chili something? Sweet and spicy One chicken. of the, so Father Shane and I, we just finished up a Project Andrew dinner. Mm-hmm. As a vocation director, you host those sometimes, right? I, like all the time. Like, like every <laughs> week. One of the one of the students who was, who was at the Project Andrew dinner, he had a piece of this chicken. And if you're listening, pretty much most of the Midwest has high V, right? Yeah, it's an upper Midwest thing. Most people know what high V is. Kansas City even has Midwest or uh, high V. One of the students, (laughs) he said, "This is the best chicken I've ever had." (laughs) Wow. He actually referred to it as dank chicken. Not sure what that means. High compliment. Yeah, I think it is. Mm -hmm. But it was nice. We had a few guys come from neighboring parishes in the area, and the pastors came together and Mm -hmm. shared a meal, talked about vocational discernment and masculine spirituality. That was a good night. I think everyone seemed engaged. I'm sure we'll get 18 priests out of that group. Hope so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was once told by an old priest that I was the only one who we got out of one of those Project Andrew dinners. Yeah, so. didn't he say to you, like, wow, that actually worked. Yeah. <laughs> he did. But we're still at it. We've tweaked, you've tweaked it, though, since I was there. It was a little different style. It's a little bit more yeah, so what kind of I, intentional now. Well, what I do, and we've started doing this probably for the last three, uh, yeah, about three years, I stole this idea from the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana. Um, Where all good ideas come from. Of course. The, you know, Lafayette, Indiana. Um, their vocation director there kind of got away from the large, uh, large-scale diocesan-wide right. Project Andrew dinners, which can be effective when you see all the priests come together, all these men from different corners of the diocese, but it's a huge time commitment. Oh, sure. You know, for, for priests, too, because they have to drive a couple yeah. hours sometimes. Well, and if, if you're a, a high school student, a college student, if you've got evening activities, if you've got evening work, if you've got a ton of homework, you're driving across the diocese, you're eating a dinner with people you don't really know. Right. So I've stolen uh, Lafayette's idea of um, kind of doing these on a more local level, mm-hmm. bringing together just the local priests. And, you know, guys come in, they're here for 60 to 90 minutes maybe, they don't have to travel. They don't have to get out of like basketball practice or football practice right. or whatever. Um, if they have to work after school, they can do their part-time job. They can get home easily for homework. And when they walk in, they know everybody. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a familiar environment. I saw that tonight and it wasn't too bad. Even, even certain guys who didn't go to the school here in town, they still, they're still familiar with the schools. It's not like guys from town. My experience was the first experience, like 10 years 12 years ago, something like that. Right. And it was that I had no idea who these people were right. or who the priests were. We got there late. And so it was a little, it was a little uncomfortable, but. Well, and I, I find in those large scale events that the bishop and I really don't get to know anybody. Right. You, know, you, you just walk, sit up at kind of a head table and then. Well, you're speak. walking around and you're shaking a few hands, but there's not a lot of engagement. There's not a lot of deep uh, discussion about discernment or where are the, where are the heroic and, 
deep aspirations and mm-hmm. desires coming out of these men to, you know, how do you want to, how do you want to respond to the Lord? How do you want to fix the world? You know, right. where, where's the, where's the Lord taking you and what desires are on your heart? You don't get into that if right. there's a hundred people in the room. So, you know, it's it interesting. I kind of took a, took some liberties when I had a microphone on and I was presiding at mass, uh, two weeks ago, I think maybe last weekend, I just talked to our parishioners and I maybe just said, say this to the listeners too. Everybody's really quick to criticize bishops for merging parishes and moving their priests around and things like that. But everybody's pretty slow to encourage vocations of the priesthood. Mm-hmm. Um, and it needs to come. It's, it's, it's natural. It's organic. It's a relationship with the Lord. But I, I just kind of asked the folks at Mass if they would consider the people, the young men that they know, who would make fine priests or who they see a vocation of the priesthood in. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked them to ask those men to come or something like that. But yeah, I just encourage everybody out there. We do the vocation work on the priest side of things, of trying to live a holy life and trying to encourage others to consider this vocation that the Lord's called us to. But it needs to come from families. It needs to come from definitely people in the parish and stuff like that. Well, and even as one of our pastors said, he never forgot the fact that his dad said, your mom and I would be really honored and you know, and yeah. very supportive of you if you tried seminary. Right. And he never forgot that. That fatherly affirmation, both on an earthly father, fatherhood mm-hmm. level, but then the heavenly father calling one and drawing him closer to himself, that doesn't go away. You know, It doesn't go away at all. So it's really helpful to have that affirmation. And that can come not only from families, but it can come even from people in the pews to say, hey, I see some leadership characteristics in you. I see some opportunities that your faith could really be an inspiration for others. So please respond. Yeah, that'd be a good encouragement for everybody. So you're probably, you've changed up where it's smaller, but that means you're driving all over the place. You bet. Man. A lot of hours on the road. Wow. You know Highway 20 well. I know just about every diocese diocese and highway in this this area now. (laughs) Speaking of driving across our diocese, like the segue, it's it's coming in pretty nice. I just drove, oh, it was, I've driven a lot, um, kind of down to Sioux City into Omaha and kind of up to Sioux Falls. A lot of interstate driving since I've been a priest here in Iowa. I have not yet gone back east into our diocese where I'm from, Mm -hmm. but our football team played a football team very close to where I grew up. So I met my my grandmother and my aunt and uncle and cousin for dinner. It was really nice. nice. But it was my first experience of like a decent trek, about an hour, just on 55 mile per hour roads. Mm -hmm. There were zero divided highways Mm -hmm. on the on the trip. Right. And it was a little startling because even, even here in the town of in Lamar's the traffic goes pretty quick. You can zip down to Sioux city. Not too bad. And there's some traffic, there's some uh, construction, but you can, you can zip it along pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized getting back on a 55 mile per hour County blacktop in Iowa, you cannot go that fast. Even if you try to push it, right. there are tractors, stop there signs. are stop signs. There are slow people. There are, <laughs> Well, especially during harvest. Yeah, right. You know, tractors, combines, right? Yeah, yeah grain wagons and stuff. Right. And then some people just like to go right at fifty-five or right. fifty-three or changing it up back and forth and stuff. <laughs> and it it gave me a good little little moment because I realized, okay, I can be frustrated and just kind of be like annoyed that they're not going fast enough, or I can just accept that this is how fast we're going to go. Mm-hmm. And then I was reminded that is exactly how I drove in high school. I never sped. Really. And you're not one, really, no. You're one of the few. But I've realized in recent years, and this is probably a bad confession to make on the podcast, I realized in recent years, I grew up in such a flat part of Iowa that especially at night, you can see if there are headlights in mm-hmm. like the distance two miles away. And I thought, you can drive as fast as you want. If you don't see any headlights, which happens most of the time. 
But I would often have very distracted driving because there was no cars to deal with. Not you, distracted. Uh, right, exactly. Wow. Wow. Savage. <laughs> so when I moved to, when I went to college and I drive my friends around, I would very frequently uh, be criticized for being just distracted as I drove. Because growing up, there wasn't a lot of traffic to be concerned about. You just had nice scenery and stuff like that. Sure. But what I realized in myself, and I think other people's might re- people might realize too, we can be so hectic with driving that sometimes we miss just the great opportunity here in the Midwest or wherever you're at on a back road to just enjoy the drive and mm-hmm. enjoy the time that's available to think, to pray, to contemplate, to do a little, receive a little formation with a podcast like this one, but nice it's only plug. 20, only 20 minutes. So yeah. I make a couple other ones, um, Catholic radio, something like that. Um, and I was just thinking about that. It's also a nice analogy too, because even if we live in the middle of nowhere, even if you're on a farm, even if you're in a small little town, so many people have smartphones. Mm-hmm. Even more and more people are starting to have Apple Watches. I, yeah. I'm not convinced they're worth it. I have not jumped on the Apple Watch uh, okay. bandwagon yet. Future topic for an episode? Curious about your thoughts about the Apple Watch. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, and we're just really inundated with noise, um, outside and inside interior noise. But I just found myself on that, on that nice little drive uh, from Lamar's to Storm Lake, realizing that there's this great opportunity that I have, that I will have in my continued ministry, especially when I have parishes that are a little spread out, um, to really accept and appreciate the gift that's given in these nice drives. And it's a very simple thing, very simple reality, but um, I'm curious to know what your experience has been of driving across our whole diocese. Well, I do that for like my job, right? It's part of my ministry as the vocation director, so I'm always driving, and it's a great... uh, it's a great thing. I don't know what vocation directors did before cell phones. <laughs> I can't tell you how much work I get done in the car. And maybe right. that seems, um, maybe that seems a little counterintuitive to the peacefulness and the, uh, yeah. the prayerfulness and the education time that you're speaking of. Um, but I, I love the drives in the car because I do listen to other podcasts. Sometimes it's just great to check out different styles of music and mm-hmm. relax with that. Um, there's great beauty, obviously, in the scenery wherever you're at, mm-hmm. you know, the Lord, the Lord is always painting in, in all of his different forms of creation. Uh, but with cell phones, it's just great to connect with people. I mean, mm-hmm. praise God for the opportunity to have uh, some long drives and just connect with friends. Or if I'm reaching out to prospective candidates uh, and they, they have time to visit, you know, like, well, Father, I don't want to take up your time. You're always so busy. Well, I actually got about an hour and a half right now, so yep. spill your guts. Go right ahead. I like using those for talking to friends, too. That is nice. Yeah. Nice space, nice time. Well, and, and I've noticed it also with priest friends. Mm-hmm. You know, when we all get so busy and there's always five alarm fires to run off to, the hospital, the nursing yep. home, the school, whatever, a lot of priests will say, okay, I'm going to be driving from yes. this time to this time. You must call me then. Okay, deal. You know, What I need to learn, though, is I need to learn to actually tell people that. Because yeah. my normal MO is just when I get in the car, I call these random people. And they're like, if you would have told me that you were driving at this time, <laughs> I could have moved some things around and been available. Sure. But now I'm in the middle of something and you're calling. I'm like, nah, I'll call the next person. No big deal. Sure. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. I do find though, even after I have been kind of um, talking to people and, and, and taking advantage of the time like that, um, there can just be this great space to recognize that with intentionality, it can be a great gift. Mm-hmm. I think of that because when I come back from living in a city, when I was in St. Louis or when I came back from, from seminary different times, there's a frustration and a, I just want to get to where I'm going. I just want to get to where I'm going. I don't want to deal with this drive. 
or you can accept it as a gift. A lot of things in life, we just try to, I don't know, try to force them and try to just get to the next thing, get to the next thing, get to the to the next thing. Uh, we just got done with this vocational discernment night. We can see that in discernment sometimes. Or just like in any time we're encountering God in our life, we just want the next thing to happen immediately. But on just like a 55 mile per hour Iowa blacktop, there's going to be some time. There's an hour. There's an hour and a half. There's mm-hmm. two and a half hours across the whole diocese, a lot longer. Right. Um, and sometimes the patience that can come with that can actually bear a lot of fruit. If you just accept, I've got this hour, awesome. Time to call a friend. Time to enjoy some music. Time to enjoy a podcast. Um, instead of just kind of like the rat race. So, I don't know, that's just kind of been on my, been on my mind and my heart to realize that we're given more opportunities in our day than I think we realize um, to have encounter with God, to have connection with, with others. I just, you know, interestingly, I had a student today. They said that they saw a TikTok that said, if you wake up in the middle of the night, it's because God's waking you up to speak to you. What do you think about that, Father? I said, um, well, God wants to speak to us all the time. Right. <laughs> like, also in the middle of the night, but also, like, right now, all the time. Um, so it's nice to just be aware of those times that are set aside. Um, that can be moments of maybe just more contemplative living. It reminds me of a, of a gentleman that I know in a large city. When he was commuting back and forth to work every day, he was always stuck in, in heavy traffic. Mm-hmm. And rather than just letting that eat at him and just like poison his interior life with anger and rage, yes, you know, getting to the office always stressed out and needing more coffee, he just started listening to books on tape. And he would just plow through every month, mm. you know, just some real good classic pieces of, of literature, mm-hmm. American literature or even uh, world literature. And he just decided to, to kind of sanctify that time mm. for his own educational benefit. And it, that obviously through, for, through literature was giving him access to different thoughts, different uh, themes about life wisdom or whatever that was just nurturing him and also just qu- quieting the soul through the mm-hmm. beauty of literature. And he, he really took advantage of that time. It was no longer kind of, I have to get to work. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is the time that's allotted I'm going to be in my car one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Work is starting in an hour, and I'm going to sanctify this time with this activity. Right. Uh, and he entered into it very peacefully. And the same can certainly be true here in Midwest Drives. Right. You know, you know I don't, maybe you've read this book by, um, maybe I should have done some research before I say this. I think it's called, maybe it's by Peter Kreeft. It's about leisure, culture. Do you know the book I'm talking about? Little Tiny Book. Um, something in the art of culture or something like that. It's talking about leisure and rest and culture. I think you might be referring to Joseph Pieper. That's who I'm talking about. Yes, Joseph Pieper. What's it called? What's um, the book called? Oh. Regardless. It's called Leisure is the Basis of Culture or something you. like yes, that. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I'm thinking of, though. Sometimes we treat <laughs> times of kind of, mm, kind of t- times of rest or times when we're not going, 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 and we're not super busy as kind of unproductive or this is annoying. Like it's annoying that I have this huge drive because I just want to get to what I'm doing to do more work. It's right. annoying that my hands are tied up because I could just be doing more things. And I could be sending more texts and we're not really supposed to do that because we might get in a car accident. Right? right. But I like what Joseph Pieper, that's who it is. <laughs> who said it. He, he's saying that sometimes, especially like modern American culture, the idea is that we have times of rest just so we can work even harder. So we would just work, 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 do stuff, do stuff, and then we rest a little bit so we can do more stuff. And he's saying no, it's actually the other way around. We work so that we can have a place of rest and leisure and contemplation. Mm-hmm. That's what man's created for is to mm-hmm. contemplate God. 
So I've just realized that myself. The more I do in ministry, the more kind of fulfilled I can feel. Um, but then I just, I'm kind of not satisfied because I didn't actually spend any of that time with God. I just spent a lot of time running around doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think a lot of people can experience that if they're just rushing from here to there in their day. Um, when, when we're given these opportunities, especially in the Midwest or wherever you're at, with time on the road, mm-hmm. that can be a great place of leisure. Right. And, and if, if, you, if you accept it. Chesterton knew this so well. Mm. Forgive me for another Chesterton reference. Please, keep them coming, keep them coming. Get used to them, folks. Um, You know, he would get down like on the floor, which was a bit of a struggle for him at his size. (laughs) Large man. But he would get down on the floor, and he'd play with children, like neighborhood children. He and his wife were never Mm -hmm. blessed with children. But he'd be playing with children, and his secretary would remind him, like, uh, your next newspaper column is due, like, on the evening train into London by, like, 5 p.m. And he'd say to the kids, oh, excuse me, I have to go do that very unpleasant adult thing called work. Right. But what I really want to do is just stay here and play with you, you know, whatever they're doing, playing cards or whatever. Right. Uh, You know, Chesterton, with his childlike wonder, and even though he's a brilliant mind and uh, a world-renowned columnist, he would call himself a a journalist, but he really was a syndicated columnist. Um, He had this wonderful way of understanding that work is not actually what man is meant for. Right. I mean, we can obviously develop our gifts and talents, and we can uh, praise God and and uh, advance the world through work. But he understood very clearly that the greatest form of uh, the human spirit is released through leisure mm-hmm. and the freedom of, of contemplating deep leisure, truths. as he would have said, right? Right. Contempl- contemplating deep truths, uh, appreciating beauty, resting in friendships, mm-hmm. um, enjoying nature. I mean, that's actually what the human spirit is ordered towards. And obviously that's what heaven's going to be. You know, no one's going to be running around punching the clock, you know, at 5 p.m. in heaven, right? Right. Running the kids around to the next thing. Right. Where are we going? I don't know, but we just have to keep going, Mm -hmm. right? No, there's actually just going to be the deep state of contemplation of obviously the Trinity, but being in communion with the whole uh, communion of angels and saints Mm -hmm. and and the appreciation of divine splendor and beauty. All of that's going to be ordered towards who we are meant to be in our fulfillment. So this this running around, we got to get there, we got to get there, we got to get there, that's actually not what the Lord has ordered us towards. Right, right. And I know, I mean, I don't have children, and I know children can be crazy when you pack them in the van. Vans aren't cool anymore, so when you pack them in the Traverse or the right. slightly larger SUV where they'll still fit. Um, but to realize, like, that's some nice privileged time with your kids that you might not at all have mm-hmm. um and i know there can be the temptation to just shove screens in front of kids because it's a lot easier than dealing with the kind of craziness at the moment mm-hmm. um i don't know but that can be a great time where you're, you're with your children you can talk to them if they're, if they're a little older um on those drives uh, or listen to something together or pray the rosary or something like that oh yeah um, that's something that i never really grew up with that i kind of wish we would have had that when there's time like that in the car or when there's kind of that downtime it can be a great time for some prayer like that that doesn't require a lot of kind of concentration. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good suggestion. So anyways, folks, take advantage of those nice Iowa blacktop drives. Um, and yeah, and just see if you can experience some leisure in that, whether that's through just resting in the silence and seeing the beauty that we've spoken about before in the beautiful fields, especially during harvest time or in the sky and then the you know animals, livestock, things like that. Um, offering some time for formation, reading 
listening to a great, great book um, or podcast or something like that. We're just taking some time to pray. So, yeah. Great suggestions, Father. Thank you so much. And it's really preaching to the choir because I need to do that myself (laughs) when I'm not (laughs) freaking out trying to get places. So anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. And um, keep driving. (laughs) Safely. Keep praying. With deep contemplation. Well, well focused on the wheel. Thanks. See you soon. God bless. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time. And God bless.